they see the stream. Yeah, it looks like it's good. Eh. Great. So everyone got to hear me do that. French rapist. Uh, it is currently Fuck you for your poignant point, you jackass. It is currently Thursday, May thirty first. Uh, I'm Tal. I'm Vox. I'm the French rapist. <laughs> That's right, Roland. Just embrace it. Uh, for those not aware of what's they happening, they can't hurt you with it if you wear it like armor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for those not aware of what's going on, uh, Gunzuka has just called Roland a French rapist. And uh, I've decided to embrace it with my entire being. Yeah, so that's a thing that happened. Uh, um, yeah, it's uh, been a while since I've been on this show. Yeah, been a little bit. Kept just not being here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's in your house. Yeah, I know. You don't even have to go a place. I know, but there were th- those days I had other places to go. <laughs> yeah, and they were for fair reasons. Um, like your boyfriend or some shit. Well, there was a... F- and par- other things. Yeah, your there, family. Yeah, there was my family, and then there was, uh, you know, friends, and then there was other shit happening. Yeah, it was. it's been a bit anyway. Um... Welcome back, Tal. Yeah, so it's good to be back on this uh, glorious waste of time. <laughs> it is a glorious <laughs> waste of time. Uh, <laughs> I'm pleased to be relegated back to third third amount of actual talkings on the podcast. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm always curious how the shows without me go, I, but even though I, I never watch them. Yeah, it... <laughs> I never go back and watch they, the show. They become much more casual when you're gone. <laughs> they do. They become manageable. Yeah. Because I don't think we brought up politics like not once. much of anything. Yeah. Well, today I'm not going to be talking about politics. Hooray. Today I'm talking about um, one of my new all-time favorite TV shows, uh, Lost in Space. Yeah. Classic. It is yeah. instant classic. This is going to be a spoiler. It's terrific writing. This is going to be spoiler laden. I hope you've watched all ten so, lame episodes of Lost in Space. If if you actually care for spoilers, um, Skip which is going to make this like, a problem because I do. Oh, I'd like to watch it. Oh, hmm. no, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. It is awful. See, your well, opinions rarely meet up with mine. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm inclined to agree that you and Vox might not see eye to eye on this. Um, because uh, I just watched all of it, mm-hmm. and it is. There's hot. so many things about it that are frustrating. <laughs> hot, fucking garbage. Oh my god! 
right from let's just okay. But it's a really pretty TV series. Like it's it's a pretty show. It's very beautiful um, in some ways, mainly that it looks like it was shot in Canada. Um, but let like just with the first episode, let's talk about the first fucking episode for a minute. Sure. Uh, where <laughs> fucking so right at the very beginning. They uh, crash land on a planet. Spoilers. You know, as Lost in Space tends to work. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they crash land on uh, basically a glacier. It's this big ice yeah. field. Okay. Uh, that they, land, la- they land in like the five square mile space that is the Antarctic yeah. next to the rainforest. Yeah. It's... <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, literally next to the rainforest, like, by the way. Literally. Borders on, like, there's a tunnel there, that there exits is, out through the ice, rainforest. There is ice, 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 ice wall rainforest. Sounds like space. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they crash I'm land. I'm already super invested at this point. Yeah, they, they crash land, and uh, uh, they happen to crash land on, I guess, a lake in the ice field that is just perfectly oh right that entire (laughs) the size of their ship that entire ocean was on top of a glacier i didn't even consider that yeah so okay they they crash land and i guess break through the ice into a. where did that ocean come from i don't know okay into a perfectly sized hole in the ice that fits the ship that fits the ship and the ship sinks into the water because you know things that are full of air the, the ship and is, sealed tend to. We'll just say sink. that the ship is real hot. It melted like its own little lake into the glacier and fucked itself. Yeah. So the ship ends up underwater. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh my god! So uh, here's here's one of the things in the show that that it's not a spoiler. It's pretty well established. Everyone's a fucking scientist. Okay, the eleven-year-old kid is a fucking geologist. The eighteen-year-old girl is an actual medical doctor, and their mom is a PhD engineer. And the dad is a fucking U.S. Marine. They are all highly qualified, highly trained fucking astronauts that were explicitly trained for space travel and crisis management, as astronauts are. Okay. So we cut to the ship being underwater and they're like, oh, well, what do we do? And the mom's like, well, you know, it's going to hit negative 60 here in a few hours. So our stuff's going to die. Like our battery packs can't take it. And I'm like, well, for one, you don't, I don't see a weather station set up. How do you know it's not going to just turn into a desert? You're on a strange planet that apparently has but she had a laptop rainforests bordering on the glacial fields she she had a future computer (laughs) but anyway so they decide they have to get this battery out of the ship uh because it's a great big huge power battery and it can power everything and they'll be fine if they can get it and uh apparently like the the guy's like like so the when they first got out of the escape hatch the top escape hatch didn't open all the way mm-hmm. so only the kid could fit through it and then they all had to go around out the side and i don't know why they all just didn't go out the side door in the first place because it wasn't blocked but that's what they decided <laughs> to do the kid went through the roof and everyone else went through the side <laughs> um and the guy was like 
well, we'll have, and, and the mom is like, oh, it's so dangerous. And I'm like, well, you have space suits. Um, I think you'll be fine. And the dad's like, oh, we'll have to send the kid in because he, he'll be the only one who can fit through the, the top hatch and the top hatch is closer. So it won't take as long. And I'm like, the, the ship's only like 10 meters wide. I closer is they're both kind of the same distance when they're 20 feet underwater. And then the mom's like, no, we can't send the kid. No. And then the daughter's like, I got it. And she jumps in and she goes through the side door and the mom's like, Oh, I can't believe it. And it's like supposed to be super dramatic. And at this point I'm really confused why everyone's super worried about going into the water while wearing a fucking spacesuit, a waterproof, airproof, vacuum-proof, heated, life-support system, future spacesuit. Everyone's super worried. And, like, you know, the, the dad's like, oh, you gotta hurry. And I'm like, but why? Because it's not water-resistant, clearly. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, she's like, the dad's like, hey. And, you know, the mom's like, where is she? And he, the dad's like, hey, did you get it? And she's like, oh, I just grabbed one of these batteries. And he's like, wait, you're in the garage? No, you have to get out of there. And I'm like, why? Why does she have to get... Are we worried about, like, the ice collapsing? We have not established a threat here yet they they were they that, they made illusions that they were worried that the ice was gonna like crust well, up no because that freeze at, over no it was that point that the mom says i don't know when the ice is or when the water's gonna freeze and i was like wait no you're not seriously gonna and then the girl turns around and you can see the ice freezing up around her and i'm like that's that's not how that works. This is not how any of that works. So then she ends up trying to swim through the slowly gelatinizing, freezing ice water. And as she's going up, you can see on the top, like the top, uh, like on the surface, it's like there's ice like crawling across the water and the whole thing is freezing into solid ice all at the same time. And then as she's reaching up to get out, it all freezes around her and then she's trapped. And I'm like, that's that. I don't even know how to get into the physics of like, I don't even know where to start. It, with... It's clear what happened there, Tal. You know, you know, super, <laughs> super chilled water. And when you tap it, how it all just instantly freezes. Yeah. yeah. So, so the spaceship didn't cause that. The girl <laughs> swimming through it didn't cause that. It was just. It just... So sort of happened. My my really big issue with Lost in Space is that it's just the biggest clusterfuck of really coincidental circumstance. Yeah, it it sounds like it's been aimed at a young audience. Um, because well, the, they're like, this happened, but oh no, this also happened, and now we're fucked, and the right. entire it, episode has been null and void. It, it sounds like a lot of it is built for cheap tension with no explanation. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, like, which is often aimed at, you know, 11-year-olds. A, a lot of the ways that they go about generating cheap tension is shit like, the mom and dad don't get along. They were considering getting a divorce. Drama. Yeah, and, I mean, when you load, <laughs> when you have a sci-fi show and you load it full of tropes, it's not going to be great. No. 
Well, especially since, okay, we need to talk about the big bad. And this isn't spoiling anything because, again, first fucking episode shit. The bad guy, Dr. Smith, she is awful. Yeah. She is the worst character ever. She is the perfect example of why bad guy and writing is so bad now. They make it out to be like she's really clever and like conflicted about she's being not. a bad guy, except that she just looks like a bad guy with really shitty morals and like is only lying to make people feel better like, about her. Like her whole thing is that her motivation is that she wants to survive, right? That's her whole motivation, survival. All she does ever is sabotage and man manipulate people for, oh, okay. for, for no apparent reason. And she starts by throwing a completely innocent dude out the airlock. Yeah, that that was another fucking good one. There's a literally, by the way, all of these scenes I'm talking about go nowhere. They they go nowhere. Yep. Um, I figured that already by the, the yeah. tone. So she, uh, there's a scene where someone on the ship finds out like so there's flashbacks all the time to like this other ship that they were on yep someone finds out who she is and she's like oh no and ends up in a struggle with him and then in the struggle he like falls back into this door and they all have like, hits the tag wrist... for the yeah. airlock they all have these wrist scanner things yep. wait and his tag hits the thing for the airlock which opens it and he See? falls back inside and the airlock closes behind him which, for some fucking reason, starts a 30-second automatic airlock cycle <laughs> sequence, which only has an override from outside the airlock. <laughs> and it's just a yes-no, like, screen yeah. with no authenticate, like, yeah. nothing. So, like, you're telling me. That if I was really drunk or something and I stumbled in and accidentally fell in the airlock, you're dead. I'm just dead. You're dead. There's no way to cancel so, that shit from so inside the airlock. Clearly, OSHA was not involved. Yeah. Like, who okay. the fuck designed that shit? That is so, so fucking Not to mention, stupid. I'm not sure why the jackets ever had the fucking chips in yeah, them because they have them that, in their wrists. That's the other thing, too, is that there's this whole thing where she steals someone's jacket to get their tag, but the thing is, just in the episode she already before, had well no the, in the episode before they established that the tags are embedded in your wrist so i don't oh, know why okay. she was stealing this guy's jacket to get his tag so what you're saying here is this has been lazily written oh probably it's... by multiple people oh yeah it's yeah. bad so like and the main bad guy is you just, may still enjoy it but like, it's bad like the you know a good bad guy is someone that you can either relate with or that you love to hate right i don't love to hate her and i, was I like, just fucking hate her like she she only exists to add unnecessary like here's the thing lost in space is already man versus nature which is a very interesting story already. You have yes. a group of people who are struggling to fucking survive on an alien planet. And they're like, nah, not dramatic enough. So what they did is instead of throwing her in there to fuck with them. Let's to add make, Mrs. Magoo to draw well, tension. No, like. they add her in to cause interpersonal drama. 
not even like environmental drama half the time like, like interpersonal what even, what drama what even the fuck was she because she always walked around claiming to be like a psychologist but as near, as, near as I'm concerned she had like no qualifications no, had, for anything she had none she was just a criminal that was that's the whole thing she was like she was guy. dumb as yeah. fucking bricks and yet managed to fool everybody yeah she had like super mentalist powers <laughs> or some shit and has this whole master plan that she goes through and like and it like and that's the thing is she just all she does is she just ends up fucking people over by causing interpersonal drama and making people not trust each other and that's it that's all she exists to do mm-hmm. all right and like it, the the whole show on top of everything like it's actually really easy to talk about without giving spoilers because there's a lot of shit that just it's, doesn't it's go fundamentally anywhere. flawed like, it's it, like we don't just have to talk about the episodes we can talk about how everything was set up so poorly. Like one of one of the things that's very uh that really just speaks to how the show is structured is there's a lot of shit like this where the woman uh like the mom needs to be, wants to build a weather balloon to see what's going on. Okay. So she builds this whole thing cuz she's a PhD engineer and knows how. Uh, builds this whole thing and then there's the wind picks up and takes the balloon which snags a thing in her boot and drags her towards this cliff and she only just barely manages to get it out and survive and then the next fucking scene she finished the balloon so it's like they show you this ah uh, it's my favorite thing they negate their own premise yes all the, yeah constantly that drives me crazy constantly <laughs> it, it right it, it makes me so mad when you like, set up something and then just don't care yeah Bas- basically everything they do is then followed by something that makes their entire fucking effort worthless yeah it's the it's the specific reason that i hate all of season three of uh, American Horror Story. Oh, which right. one was that? That's Coven. Oh, because the whole first, I'd say two thirds, is built up to uh, with all these problems that they just undo. Yeah, and I mean all of them. Yep, every single thing is just oh no, it's not a problem anymore. Yep. Oh yeah, and then they pull off my favorite fucking trope in any movie ever. It was all a dream. No, it it was the ha hey. I've just discovered this extremely critical piece of information. Oh, yeah. I'm going to not tell anyone. Yep. Uh And her reasoning for not telling anyone is because she doesn't want them to freak out. You know, the people that I just previously explained were all highly trained scientists and astronauts specifically trained to deal with this situation. She's not telling them. Well, maybe not the kid. The kid's a geologist. The kid's eight. <laughs> like, no, he's yeah. eleven. Okay, well, he still doesn't have a degree. Anyway, like, <laughs> the, like the kids, I can see they're still stupid kids. Like, like they're the only characters that it sort of makes sense that they're doing this really stupid shit because they're yeah. dumb. All the adults are written as if they're fourteen-year-olds. Yeah, but all and, the adults have no fucking excuse. Yeah, and even though they're like, "I'm not gonna fall for your shit," five minutes later, it's like, "Look they, where they we fall are now." For their shit, and it, so they keep doing it over and over. So like, the mom's like, "I don't want to tell anyone," and the, of course, the daughter was listening and the mom's worried that everyone's gonna freak out while the daughter doesn't freak out and then the mom's like talking to another scientist 
And then she's oh, like, like the I have this piece of information. I don't know if I should tell people. And the other scientist is like, oh, yeah, I already figured that out. Because uh, in- I'm a fucking scientist, and it's what we do. The entire <laughs> family also is just having constant, like, PTSD flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's All the thing. fucking like, time. The do- They keep doing this thing where the daughter has, like, these PTSD flashbacks from being frozen in ice. Mm-hmm. And then they just go away. Oh, just yeah, like she Iron sit, Man 3. Yeah. She sits in a corner, or like eats some Oreos, and she's all better. Yeah. The There's ba- Oreos in it. The dad basically, oh, no, no, no. Well, it was, uh, she got out from under some boxes, and that's what made her realize that she could do it. Oh, yeah, and the fact that those, like, super light <laughs> boxes were totally holding her down. Yeah. It, yeah this, uh, it sounds like it's been written by, honestly, it sounds like it's been written by a bunch of noobs. It's like it watching probably, Spy Kids 3 Lost in Space. Yeah. Yeah. Without superpowers. It, like, it's so bad. There are so many points in the movie where they just do serious, just stupid, stupid shit. The most logical thing in the world. Yeah, and, like... I don't know. Like one of the other things too is um so the well, robot like, the robot's they... no longer like an AI that they bring with them. It, the robot's an alien that the kid finds in the first yeah, episode. Yeah, I saw that. Um it's it's an AI, alien intelligence. Yeah. Um but like there's this whole thing of like it's an alien, it's dangerous, we don't know what it is, right? That whole subplot, which could be interesting, but they fucking ruin it. And it ends up with the kid decide realizing that the alien is dangerous. When he successfully stops it from killing somebody who is actively shooting at them with a fucking gun, he stops it from killing that person. But in the process, while the robot's kind of freaking out, it pushes his dad into some boxes and his dad gets a cut on his forehead. And that makes him realize this alien's just super dangerous. Like, so what you're saying is you liked it? Oh, it was just <clears throat> terrific. It was the best, best movie. Luckily, show. I have a lot of stuff I want to watch. Some that's probably no better written, but uh, it like <laughs> seven, I, like five out of seven, solid movie. <laughs> <laughs> it like it's just so bad in so many places. Like, you know, not telling them that critical piece of information leads to stupid decisions being made, of course, which fucks them over. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, uh, oh, yeah. Another thing that fucking pisses me off is, of course, they have to add in the parents are fighting bullshit because drama. And then it's Cheap like tension. Yep. Yeah. The, the mom keeps like not listening to the dad. Because, oh, you weren't there for us, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, the mom's, yeah, the mom's an engineer. The dad is a Marine. When it comes to survival in the wild, when your technology is buried in ice, I think maybe listen to the fucking Marine. And I feel like any scientist would know that now clearly the 11 year old geologist is the one you need to listen to oh even yeah that actually happens by the way uh the 11 year old geologist sees some fire and goes that's magnesium it burns hotter on ice so they go to get magnesium my favorite part of lost in space is okay little timmy we're going to go find the magnesium be careful there's chasms yeah be careful there's crevasses 
And then he falls into a crevasse. Yeah, then they get there. He immediately falls into a crevasse, (laughs) into the rainforest from the space glacier. Yeah, he falls through the crevasse, down a perfectly formed tubular hole in the ice, through like a slide to the rainforest part of the planet. Mm -hmm. It feels like a video game. You know, it probably like, will be. This is the ice area. This yeah, he is made the rainforest. The kid just area. made it to level two before everyone else. Yeah. Like, and then the dad fills up a little canister <laughs> like this of little chunks of magnesium. Just that. Just like a few little clumps. Yeah, and I then, like that. He's like scrape, 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 scrape. Okay, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the, then he heads back down to try to melt several cubic meters of fucking ice. And they were powering it with like a torch or something? <laughs> yeah, they they had like, a stick that was on fire that they were lighting the magnesium with. Mm. And it's like when you watch it it's just like do you 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 do you do know how much energy it takes to melt a cubic meter of water, right? I'll give you a give you a hint. 2 million fucking joules of well, energy. You're d- con- considering how they figure water freezes, I wouldn't imagine. Well, uh, clearly they had no um uh what do you call it? Fifth it- grade students? Well, no, it <laughs> <laughs> reference. They had no reference studies. Yeah. Available with them, right? No one who was actually even partially interested in the actual realism of it. Yeah. Like- Which Pushes it out of sci-fi and makes it sound like badly written fantasy. Well, and that's the thing. That's the thing that bugged me the most is that for a sci-fi, there was very little science. Uh, it, yeah. If if you're going to use that level of like it, it was, world building, like at least try to make it believable. Like the thing is mostly the thing came off as a family drama in space. That That's what it was really. And just a bunch of shit breaking like, one thing after the other you like, could have taken hannah montana threw her in a spaceship and it would have been about it didn't the same. feel like there were any real victories because shit always went immediately wrong afterwards and, well and then immediately was fixed right after that it, it, some variation of the things happened immediately regardless of what they were yeah they did a whole lot of immediate payoff for everything yeah so, I mean, honestly, it sounds like it was written for a much younger audience than it looked. Yeah. Right? It it, it sounds like it's a show meant for 10, 11-year-olds. Yeah. It, it, it was, looked like it could have been good otherwise. 10 yeah. and 11-year-olds probably would have enjoyed it. Well, that's just it. At, you know, at that age, you're not looking for realism. You're not looking for, you know, logic. You're just looking for people, you know, characters you can identify with, mainly Will. Kids. Will Robinson. Yeah. Um, cool shit going on. People being in action and that's it yeah right you're just not looking for more yep which is unfortunate because the package that they advertised with looked like it was aimed at our i I would have expected to be able to enjoy this show yeah yeah like by looking at it at face value yeah everything i read about it was saying that it was supposed to be like this good show aimed at people like me Yep. And, and it obviously wasn't. It was like the biggest, the biggest fault by far was definitely Doctor Smith. Yeah, and you never know um, if it does go for a second season. Sometimes they get the message. Yep, and fix it up. I can tell you right now. I, I know several shows I can name where season one is not good, <laughs> like not good at all. I think that's that's a lot more series than we really recognize. I think. Yeah. Like, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer season one is rough. Yeah. It's rough. It is so teeny boppy. <laughs> <laughs> like, Angel, fuck, 
I, I went back and I was looking it through some because I think it was on Netflix recently in HD or something. Okay. And I, I always forget that in season one, Angel has like very, very mild white paint on his face and red lipstick. Oh. Right? Because he's dead. He's a vampire, right? But it looks like it's a travesty of makeup. <laughs> it's, it's, it's awful. <laughs> but like, even, you know, like Star Trek TNG was rough in its first season. Yeah. Uh, DS9 was boring as fuck in its first season. The the big thing about it is just Dr. Smith. Yeah. Dr. Smith is like 90% of my problem. Because the thing is, with when and it like, comes to bad guys, your bad guy has to be believable, right? Even fucking Thanos thought that he was doing shit for the right reasons. Like, like the, you know, I I think personally, one of the most annoying things about Doctor Smith, she didn't fucking do anything to get where she got. Yeah, no, she misses Magood her way into fucking everything. By, like, either killing people, falling into something, or getting locked in a crate. Yeah. Well, but the big thing about her is that she's just, you know, every good bad guy has shades of gray. They have things that you can relate to with them. That's what makes them intriguing, right? And any time they had an opportunity to give her any sort of shade of gray of any kind... They instead just threw on more layers of I'm the bad guy. I'm mm-hmm. the bad guy. Look at me. I'm well, the bad guy. Except that she would be saying like, you know, I'm just trying to survive. And like the they like make her do like really stupid, random, like, quote unquote, good things to try to show that she's a good person, except that she immediately backstabs somebody <laughs> like right afterwards. Yeah. Talks about how, like, no one's going to fuck with her once she gets her way. And, like, there's nothing that implies that she's even remotely a good person. Yeah. Except that she keeps saying she is. And see, what would have been interesting is seeing somebody who was just trying to survive and disagreed with the method. Mm -hmm. And was arguing that and kept pushing for their method. And, like, the the thing she did didn't help her in any way. Well, uh, you know, pushing for her method to be the one that was adopted. And then that causes issues indirectly. That would be interesting. But instead, it's just she directly fucks with people. And yeah, when she's like, I'm just trying to survive. She's like trying to explode one of the ships. Yeah. Like explicitly with no gain. It in, in fact, fucks her because just it means as much. That she's fucked over. Yeah. Just Nothing as much. she does makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, it's basically she's just there to be the evil guy. Yeah. And it, it, it sounds very 90s. Yeah, actually, it really, like, kind it really of does sound very '90s in its writing. Except it's shot like a 2018 show. Yeah, well, like I said, the cinematography was pretty great, and the robot was badass. Yeah, like I loved the, the robot. The effects and like the actual scenery were great. If only the writing, like, even remotely <laughs> matched up. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, what a terrific show. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things. I mean, like, we just can't stop talking about it, right, Tell? Yeah, it's one of those things like if you if you like shitty 3 a.m. sci-fi channel specials, you'd probably like it. See, the problem is it sounds like it doesn't have the campy aspect, though. It really doesn't. And without that, 
<laughs> you're kind of just watching a bad show. Yeah. Yeah. There there were the reviews of people like pretending it had camp qualities. Yeah, there were people that were like, it's just cheesy enough. And I'm like, yeah. it, it wasn't uh, actually, cheesy they, though. Well, you were specifically reading about like somebody talking about Dr. Smith. Yeah. Like she's just campy enough that it like Teehee, she's so silly. I'm like, no, she's I, a legitimate psychopath. <laughs> I get your point about Dr. Smith, because if I, I, I was just searching, I wanted to see what she looked like and stuff. She looks so, kind of like Ripley. I Googled, you know, Dr. Smith, Lost in Space. Yeah. The first row of images was the original like, yep. 60s Dr. Smith. There was a picture or two of the mo- the 90s movie. Oh, Which also yeah. wasn't particularly great. No, it was pretty bad. And then the first video result is 10 Reasons Why We Hate the New Dr. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that, <laughs> that does not bode well. Because I didn't, right? I had no, no, um, no emotional bias in the search. And that's the first thing that comes up. Yeah, no, uh, like Dr. Smith is just awful. Literally, like she is legitimately the I, worst part of the show. I probably will still end up watching it at some point yeah. because and I to, do. To be fair, the first few episodes are pretty good, right? They're, like they're okay. They they have that like '90s sci-fi unrealistic cheesy <clears throat> bullshit, mm-hmm. but nothing particularly horrifying. But then the last chunk of episodes are literally just people talking at each other about how dire their situation is but not actually doing anything and yeah, like a lot they, of people like freaking out and contradicting each other because yeah. they're all afraid that their own ideas are like gonna blow up well they kind chances they kind of do the walking dead thing from the farm where the show devolves from being really interesting to just being groups of people who talk to each other except they only do it in pairs so they just sort of pair everyone <laughs> off, and they have a conversation, and then they go to another person, and they have the conversation with that person, and they go to a different person, and they have the conversation with that person. And so they, you watch the same conversation happen four times between different people. And then, like, and then a few minutes of action, and then just more people standing around their little campsite thing talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And it gets super fucking boring. I'm like, you know, so it, it got so bad, actually, that towards the end of it, I was actually, like, skipping five-minute chunks of the show at a time, and I didn't miss anything, which, that's a bad sign. When I can just scrobble through your TV show and... <laughs> scrobble. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it's called. It's called scrobbling. When I can scrobble through your TV show, Then why are anything. you the only person I've heard say that word? Well, let's see. Define Scrabble. The scrabble. No, mis- not Squabble. <laughs> the, the mispronunciation of Scrabble? Like... <laughs> Scribble. Scrabble. Um, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Scrabble. Net lingo. Internet dictionary. What? You see, it's not a real <laughs> yeah. word. You're, you're, making a, you're making shit up. You're proving our point. <laughs> If you can't find it on either Urban Dictionary or Oxford, then I th- I'm afraid you've lost. Uh, uh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, considering your first uh, first three hits are Net Dictionary and Urban Dictionary. <laughs> uh, to scrabble a song means that when you listen to it, the, what? Yeah. 
I, I love your Scrabble utter confusion you... looking up the word that you yourself <laughs> have said is real. Well, no, scrabbling is when you like grab that little thing on the bottom bar of Isn't a video scrubbing? or a song. Yeah, well, scrubbing. Is it scrubbing? It's yeah, scrubbing. to scrub a video. Okay, well, fucking whatever. <laughs> scrobbling. Uh, scrobbling. I mean, it shall henceforth be you, known as scrobbling. Yeah, I was going to say, you totally could have owned that if you said you were had made it up, which you did. I didn't. I didn't you make totally it up. did. I, I know I read it somewhere. W- Wikipedia says that it, I think, it means to kidnap. I think you just read somebody's typo and took it at face value. You're like, oh, it's probably That makes sense. Last FM automatically sends the name of each song played by an auto player. They call this scrobbling. The application will scrobble your playlist. Oh, apparently it's from Last FM. Yeah. So not a real word. Huh. Y- you've been well, picked up by the hype. Then I stand corrected. But <laughs> either way, if I can scrub through your TV series. You and mean just, Scrabble. Just skip chunks and move ahead and turn your 45-minute-long episode into 15-minute Oh, my God, that's the other thing. Time. I was like, why is there 50 minutes of this garbage? Yeah. Like, they easily it. could have done, like, 22-minute episodes. Yeah. Well, that's the format today. Yeah. Right? Ten, but ten, it shouldn't be. 10 to 15 minutes. There are 10 to 15 episodes of about 45 minutes to an hour. Oh, man. That, that is your 2018 formula. That's that's too long for most people. Like, they... Uh, most people watch that. That's why it's that, made that uh, way. I prefer that, honestly. Yeah. No, that's fine. But, I mean, like, what they're trying to do is put 22 minutes of content into a 45-minute episode. Yeah, well, we've already covered it's not written well. Yeah. Oh, man. I do... Uh, I like what Earthmark said here, and this is basically where I stand. I want to see a sci-fi survival show. A series that feels like The Martian instead of The Mist, but in a sci-fi setting. And one thing I would just love for movies to stop doing in general is the cheesy as fuck, like, romance stories that every movie has to oh, have. Oh, yeah, there there is the teenager romance subplot. Uh, of course there is. Well, like, even just, like, the whole the husband-wife thing, the teen camp romance, like, and all of it. I just can't fucking remember. Take it out, because your movie about you know survival on a foreign planet doesn't need fucking romance you're all terrified as shit trying to survive i can't remember what show i was watching uh but it was a movie just recently too but it had no romantic subplot and that was notable that's that's a problem it's a common trope unfortunately like everyone writes it but, like, nobody writes about, like, the frantic, like, bang session that people have because they're in a, like, stressful post-apocalyptic situation. Yeah, no, they everyone... always have to fall in love, and nobody can ever just fuck either. That's actually one of the things I did appreciate about uh, some parts of um, The Expanse was that there there is a good amount of, ah, let's just fuck. Yeah, like, it's, no, it's not good. everybody has to fall in love with each other. What happens to, like, the casual hookups? Yeah. So, yeah, if you want a good science fiction, in space, trying to survive kind of show, watch The Expanse. Yeah, I need uh, to start You that. have gotten me interested. I do want to see <laughs> the, that. Uh, yeah, I showed Roland the first episode of The Expanse the other day. It is a fantastic show. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the girl who plays Avasarala. Uh, that that one. Yeah, the girl one. The one. 
No. That one. Uh, who is the actress for Avasarla? Avasarla. Not Acerola. So, if, Why you do you... if you haven't noticed, Tao likes to, to use his voice to search for things, and... You're trying to use the most awkward words for voice dictation. It, it works about, a th I'd say, 50, 60% of the time. <laughs> the experience... I, I like how even, like, what, how long has voice recognition been around for? Oh, it's been around a long time. And I, we're... Used, I used to dictate my high school papers. Yeah, and we're still just being like... Who was that actor arugula in Lost in World ah, Space? Here we go. Her name is Po. Oof. <laughs> How do you spell dictate that? that? Uh, Shore Agdashlu. That's racist. I'm sure you butchered that. I think. I am sure I butchered that. But yeah, uh, dictation doesn't work well. I often have to tell my phone to that... uh, turn on Do Not Disturbed, not yeah. Do Not Stirred. <laughs> That lady. Okay. And uh, her. She. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, she's queen, a, queen uh, bitch. Yeah. She, well, she's an, uh, she's an Iranian actress. Uh, and uh, man, she is so good as oh. Avasarla. Is, is she that, um, is she the one that like is instantly identifiable? By her voice. By her voice. Her voice is, sounds like she had six pounds of gravel dragged oh, through I, it. I love her so much. She's, uh, she is such a good actress, just in general. She was in Mass Effect, too, so you, you would yeah. recognize her voice immediately. Uh, the, the movie I always remember her from because she was so... Like, her, her role was just... She was in a very... A speaking role, right? Was um, The Exorcism of Emily Rose... Oh really? Well, she's the the scientist that studies the exorcism experience. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> and yeah, she gives a bunch of long, you know, long shots, long talking, so you get to hear her talk for long periods of time. Yeah, and it hammers that voice in. And then ever since then, I'm like, that's that actress. I recognize her instantaneously. Oh yeah, and, well, and she has such a unique voice. And the thing is. With the way she is portrayed, like the the character of Christian Avasarla in The Expanse is wonderfully ruthless. Oh, she is so good. Is that she, on your uh, your thing? It is. Yes. And like, I just want to like just so people can hear her voice. I just want to. I'd feel a lot better if I had some people on the ground. This group has a history of run-ins with the government. Really. I had no idea. Ma'am. Think they'll file an injunction in me? I'd still like to further understand exactly If why. I see one person on the ground or one helicopter overhead, you'll be living on basic assistance by the end of the month. Yes, ma'am. Like, she, the character that she plays, Christian Avasarla, she is, ma she is the assistant undersecretary of the United Nations. Uh, who controls the world. It's the world government. So she is the assistant undersecretary of the global government. She is one of the most powerful women in the solar system. And she is not to be fucked with. Mm -hmm. But the thing I love about her is that she is one of those people who is not to be fucked with, who's also a good guy. She is utterly ruthless she is like she gets what she wants and she gets it now and she's very good at what she does and she carries herself with this certain poise and respect mm -hmm. at the same time as being morally centered 
right? She is a morally grounded character in everything she does. She legitimately is doing for the good of the solar system, right? Mm-hmm. And like you learn very early on that she's, you know, she's one of the main protags mm-hmm. in in the show. Protags. Protagonists. Oh, okay. And I fucking love her. Her character is so good. I'll uh, I'll have to give this a watch. Probably on my next set of nights. Yeah, I'll start this up. Oh, it's so good. It, it's like the the show has everything that you want a sort of semi campy sci fi show to have. You got your spaceships. You've got you know political space mining. Yeah, you got space mining and swearing. Oh my god, lots of space swearing. silos. Yeah, you've got like complete uh, factions of like fucked up people. Like, yeah, you've got, you know, terrorists and fucking freedom fighters and interplanetary war, space and, pirates. Yeah, space pirates. It, it's got everything you want. Yeah. Like, also famine and water and oxygen shortages. Like take like it it does take a lot of uh a lot of notes from things like firefly mm-hmm. uh you know it's a lot less campy than firefly but it it does have the same sort of like space is not a kind place vibe to it you know they're like in the first sh- like in the show like within the first 20 minutes you get the line uh, uh there's no laws in space just cops <laughs> you know so mm-hmm. you know that's the kind of attitude that you're getting into there's corruption everywhere everyone's kind of looking out for themselves and only themselves yes. and you know uh earth and mars are you know constantly on the verge of war and like you've got groups like the opa the uh, outer planets alliance trying to turn the outer areas like the belt into like an actual terrorist organization and like yeah it's cool it's just it's so good not to mention a lot of the science in it is really good a lot of it is yeah mm. uh because you know when they're in space you you don't hear anything all you hear is like the thunking through their suits right to the point where when holden needs to listen to something to hear something he has to actually press his helmet onto the metal of the ship so that it radiates through the metal into Mm -hmm. his helmet and like you see marines actually do that their comms get cut off so they grab helmets and like push their helmets against them each other Mm -hmm. and then scream so that they can be heard yeah like you know or uh the ships, instead of being built like, you know, most ships, like the Enterprise and shit, where it's a bunch, where it's this long thing, you have these long floors going longitudinally, mm-hmm. the ships are actually built like skyscrapers. Yep. So it's lots of little floors going up the ship so that when they're, uh, and then they all use thrust gravity. So basically they just put on the thrusters and that causes gravity to happen in the ship. And you just go up and down the various decks. So, and like... And that's an important thing in the show, too, is, like, how gravity interacts with people. Because, like, you know, they also don't have warp drives. So if they need to do, like, a 4G burn, you end up, you have to go into, like, this crash couch. And they pump you full of these drugs to stop you from fucking going into stroke and shit. Like, it, it's really interesting. I'm I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah. 
Definitely do. I yeah. love it. Don't watch Lost in Space. Yeah, watch that. Watch instead. watch the Expanse. It's good. If you if we haven't gotten to you in time and you have watched Lost in Space, go watch the Expanse. <laughs> <laughs> It'll fix it. Yeah, you'll feel better. Um, was there anything else we needed to uh talk about? To address? Um I don't know. I didn't unfortunately I don't have any news with me. Um did uh did I you find something, Roland? Yeah, I found a, a little quickie here. Okay, we'll do that and then we can throw on car and see if anyone has emailed in. Otherwise this might be a little short. Oh yeah, that's another thing about about the expanse that someone just mentioned in the chat that's really funny is the space Mormons. Uh, space, space Mormons. Mormons. <laughs> there there are space Mormons. So speaking of space Mormons, <laughs> um in Springfield, TWB, a um man attempting to kill some weeds in his, you know, by his garage. Now, how how might one go about killing their weeds? Give me give me some knife, knife, killing weeds. Yeah, how do you kill weeds Weed around killer. a garage? Uh, you uh, scream at them until they die of fear. I'm Weed sorry, like you're both wrong because the correct answer for this man was a flamethrower. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> and so, uh, one fateful Thursday morning, around 4 a.m., uh, reports of a fully detached garage engulfed in fire. Um, happened on the 2000 block of Scioto Street. And um, no injuries reported. However, there are about ten dollars to $15,000 in estimated damages for this man's garage. Mm. Well, when Because flamethrower. When you point a flamethrower at it, you should think it's going to catch on fire. Really? I don't know. I don't know, man. That doesn't happen with most of the flamethrowers I've used. Yeah, I just point them at stuff and things. Yeah, the, you things, use flamethrowers. They like get, they freeze. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, you, I've always used flamethrowers to cool down beverages. Um. <laughs> and so I can't imagine what possibly possessed this man to fucking uh, again, do that. But here, but, here's his garage on fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is a good fire. It's That's very on fire. Engulfed in flames. Uh, wow, for like, those uh, for 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 the home gamers uh, not watching, uh, it's a uh, just imagine a building on fire on fire. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, it's imagine it's like that the you whole can thing. see inside of it because it is that on fire. Yeah, literally every house fire you've seen in TV. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, well, there there doesn't seem to be much else for this story, but um, <laughs> I bet he is uh, feeling quite the fool. He's an idiot. So. Yeah. I mean, Again, the problem there is the logic worked. It got the rid weeds, of the weeds. The weeds died. No, the problem is see, he didn't think through the That's probably the kicker. His entire garage burned down, but weeds, being the ever-existing little bitches that they are, like are still going to grow uh, next they, year. They just instantly grow back, like, in the They're ashes. probably yeah. fine. No, it turns out they're like those trees where the air acorns need to be set on fire for the tree to grow. <laughs> it yeah. just sets off a mass reproduction yeah. of weeds um no like that's the thing is artist covered in fox i fire. fucking like i get nervous when i use herbicide to kill difficult weeds because i'm like oh no you know i, don't, I, don't I know if this is gonna cause trouble with my other plants okay so like my little handheld like butane torch i'm like oh man i'd better be careful with this i don't want to set my house on fire if i drop it yeah yeah like like but flamethrower yeah. so pro tip guys fire hot and garage 
Keep those separate for yeah. now. Generally keep fire away from any <laughs> structures. Don't put your garage with the rest of the fire. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a reason if you have a candle or if you are burning a fire in your fireplace, they tell you don't leave it unattended. Because yeah. fire burns shit. And once it starts... It's really hard to stop. It, it's really hard to stop. Especially once it gets into something that isn't supposed to be on fire. You know, like your floor. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard putting out fire once it's gotten into the building. Yeah. And luckily enough for this guy, his house did not also catch on fire. Uh, and he didn't burn anyone else's house down. Yeah. Nobody oh, yes. died. Surprisingly, the the, the uh, benefits of a detached garage. I'm the, surprised you didn't like start from the inside of the garage with how. The like, other thing that makes me laugh about this story is he started at 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Who gets that, up at 4 a.m. to flamethrower their weeds? Somebody who doesn't want to get caught, I guess. Like, I mean, I was like, that's another thing. Neighbors I, are asleep, must purge with fire. Well, I I was nervous when. It was really cold in my garage one day, and I wanted to do some work, so I used my propane burner, the thing that is designed to heat up objects, yep. and turned it on nicely in a, you know, in a, there was, I was, it was like four feet away from anything, and it's just this little single burner propane thing, and turned that on. I was nervous about that. Yeah, this guy's just like, I'm going to just flamethrower the side of this garage. You're I got like two inches of... in enclosed spaces. Yeah, you're not because it causes uh, carbon, carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. I got like two inches of clearance between this weed and this garage. I'm good. Yep. Fuck. See, so, like, like you actually use the propane burner somewhat like it's supposed to be away from flammable objects like yep. your garage on a cement floor. Yep. You know, with the only things around it being made of steel. <laughs> Although I will say cars do also burn really good. They do. Yeah. If you get the fire inside of them, mm -hmm. then... Lots of soft... Actually, soft some, of, there. some of the guys I worked with had, like, a portable heater in his old, beat-up, shitty van. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was it one of those floor ones? Uh... I I think it was just a heater plugged into an inverter in his van. Oh, because he cause, used it to smoke in. Yeah, because I have an auto. I because I have a car heater uh, that I have not installed yet, but it's just this little electric fan thing. It's basically mm -hmm. a a blow dryer. Yeah, for your car. Yeah, one of our I think our our old Taurus, our '95 Taurus had that. Yeah, mm. they're super handy. They are. They there's nothing like getting into a toasty warm vehicle. It's not even toasty warm. It is. You know, 17 degrees in your car. Yeah. But it's still minus 30 outside. <laughs> See, I yeah, I really want remote start in my next car. Because now when I go to work, there's like, there's like four other people on our team that have like remote car starters. And they're just like, yeah, I'm going to start my car right now. Yeah, and like and you, you tell them to go fuck themselves. As I yeah, as I go and sit in my minus thirty car and what wait I, for it to warm up while I drive home. Yeah, I'm well. I was just gonna say I'm working on the remote start myself. One of my coworkers used to to get up from the desk to go and start his car. I told him I was gonna report him to our boss for leaving early. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking well. And that, that's the thing is I like I love having remote start uh, or I like. Sorry, I don't, you don't have, have remote yet. Start. Uh, but uh, I've been, I've 
like my friends and my you've parents. been a fan of remote start for yeah. some time well my fi- my friends and my parents have remote start and it's just like it's so fucking handy yeah, it's just so convenient the uh but that's the reason i'm working on getting remote start and technically i have it it's just not installed it's just not installed yet yep so there's that technically you have the ambition to get it installed too yeah technically just like I have the ambition to swap my engine in yep. my car. Yep. <laughs> well, why don't we take a bit of a break? Yep. We'll throw a car on. Yep. Speaking of cars. Yep. And uh, we'll be back in a little bit after we listen to him. Yep. 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 Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Car, and tonight we get to start a trade war. Yay! Alright, so, just to get the show on the road here, so this is actually news that kind of has been rolling out basically today. Um, In the general and consistent trend of proving just that Trump is a fucking idiot that doesn't know how to deal with other countries, um, it's actually kind of goes back to, and I'm trying to remember if I covered it before as a segment or when I was on the show covering for one of the other fuzzy people. Um, but we talked about the this whole NAFTA thing and free trade and all. And I did, know I did at least briefly mention these tariffs that were going up as well. So for a recap, a couple of months ago, uh, in response to, quote, national security concerns, unquote, uh, the Trump government announced that they were going to be slapping tariffs of 25% on imported steel and 10% on imported aluminum or aluminum if you're from anywhere not Britain. Um, now, the initial sort of thing on that is that they were saying, oh, that this is meant to be targeting and sort of curtailing imports from China or things like that. But, well, the thing is, a lot of the United States allies export steel or aluminum as well. Namely, their frozen neighbors to the north who eat way too much maple syrup. Hi, guys. That, that'd be us. Yep. Hi. Iron up here that we mine from, you know, the dirt. Send out to you for steel. Just saying. Anyway. So, in response to that, of course, um, rightfully so, uh, Canada, Mexico, the EU all freaked out and said, what do you mean you're going to freaking put tariffs on our materials coming in? And I guess I will just recap really quick. Uh, for, again, those who do not know what the fuck a tariff is exactly, is that is basically a tax that is slapped on the top straight away on any imports coming to the country. So if your tariff is, say, 25% on steel, then that means that any of the steel in any of the forms that is listed in the tariff that are coming in right if you say that that steel is worth a hundred dollars then guess what you have to pay an additional 25 bucks to bring that into america uh and again it's designed to protect the industries of the country it's bringing in so that uh if you have a country like let's say china that can mine this iron mine this or manufacture this raw steel uh, much more inexpensively than, say, U.S. Steel and good old Pittsburgh can do, then uh, you're gonna you're gonna be making sure that that there's gonna get real expensive to bring in, uh, and it's 
designed to protect those American jobs, those Midwest jobs that we're going to make sure that we're going to protect and we're going to shore up. Uh, you know, now the problem is, is that historically, and I, I talked about this before, is that basically all tariffs do, especially in an economy that is as globally linked as most of the entire developed world, uh, it really just ends up making your shit more expensive or can create actual collapses of business. A great example of this uh, is the protectionism that all went up uh, in the Great Depression or when it was really getting started. Uh, you had a lot of countries that were putting down tariffs, trying to protect their their country's jobs, protect their country's industries, not real, really, really realizing that, you know, their industries relied on trade. And the world, the amount of trade that happens nowadays is so much more than it was in the late 1920s and the 1930s. So, so much more. Um, and so, right, tariffs like this are only going to make things worse, honestly. Um, and as well, too, the the economies, again, they're not, you know, the massive boom of the 90s or something like that, but they're definitely in a hell of a lot of a better state than they were at the beginning of the 2010s. So, yeah, it's just... Mm. So, Canada, again, rightfully so, pissed. EU, rightfully pissed, had sort of demanded for various concessions because, you know, we're strategic allies with the United States. Uh, now, those exceptions that were being made uh, expire on June 1st. So as of this recording, that's tomorrow. Um, now with that, some of these suspicions about the fact that our exemptions and Mexico's exemptions had not been renewed are in part because of now the other half of Trump not knowing how the hell to talk to other countries, which would be NAFTA. So also, as I have discussed before, right, NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, is the whole thing that basically just lets us go and make our iron, ship it south to the United States, where they pound it into some car parts. They send those other car parts back up to us, and we assemble finished cars, or they get sent down to Mexico, and they assemble finished cars, and everyone gets to buy the cars, and everyone's happy because they have their cars. Well, guess what cars are made of? That's right, steel and aluminum. So, with part of NAFTA... Uh, we are finally starting to get what looked like the startings of a deal, or at least as Trudeau had said earlier, the bare bones uh, of an agreement. And, you know, we should head down to Washington and we should have President Fox come up to Washington and we should all have a good sit down dinner of maple syrup and steak and fajitas and figure the, the more of this out. And then we'll have our people hash out the details um, to which Trump said, hey, that's a pretty good idea. Um, let's just we'll set up a date. And then earlier this week, Vice President Pence calls up Trudeau and says, hey, so Trudeau, so that meeting, yeah, we're, we're fashioning it out. Here's the menu. Uh, we're thinking we're just going to do it, uh, you know, a little bit of a low key, maybe grab some whiskey. You bring down the maple syrup. Uh, Enrica's going to bring up some really nice spices. Um, oh, and by the way, uh, a condition of you coming down to dinner is that you have to agree to a sunset clause. A what? A what now? Yeah. So basically... Pence held the negotiation hostage, saying, your, your invitation is only open if you agree in advance to a precondition of there will be a sunset clause in the NAFTA agreements, meaning that after five years, if all three countries do not agree to continue NAFTA, it will automatically be canceled. To which Trudeau finally said, 
<laughs> Fuck that shit. I'm not coming. You can give my plate to Enrique. Uh, to which President Fox then said, yeah, I'm probably not coming either then. So this is the first time that really the diplomacy between Canada and the United States has hit a true head. Because up until this point, we've been willing to entertain, to negotiate, to sort of dance around a little bit. But this is beyond the initial handshake when Trudeau and Trump first met. This is the first real fuck you um, that the Trudeau government has said to Trump. Uh, and for good damn reason. So in part of that as well, we have announced now our own tariffs on American goods. And these get real good. Like, oh... But I'm just gonna I'm gonna close in a moment. But first, I just wanna I just wanna finish off just the the knife twist that Trudeau here had here when they canceled the summit or the, the the visit down to the states because he basically said, you know, we are absolutely going to go ahead and we are going to do everything we can. However, we are going to continue to negotiate on a basis of. Uh, knowledge of goodwill and of uh, evidence-based. I don't even find the quote because it's just, it's so good. It's just, it's so good. Yeah, it's just, I, I can't find it. I, I apologize. But uh, yeah, basically just saying like, hey, you know what? We are going to do everything that we can to work on a basis of, you know, uh, good faith and negotiating. And sometimes this administration does not see those same points of view. So good. Anyway, so onto our counter tariffs now, which are now we have posted an official notice of intent from the finance ministry of the government of Canada as a counter to the United States tariffs. <clears throat> our tariffs are going to go into effect on July 1st. So we've got two sections of tariffs and like the United States, we've got a 25% section and then we have a 10% section. So the 25% section, it's pretty run of the mill. You go look through and it's things like iron and non-alloy steel in ingots or other primary forms, semi-finished products of iron or non-alloy steel. And it goes on like this for basically every description you can think of, of the way you can pound metal into a shape. Uh, everything from weird cross sections and A and H beams and J beams and element OP beams and everything else like that. Um, basically, the 25% section is all just iron and steel products, which makes sense because if the United States is going to charge us an extra 25% off the top to import it into them, then of course we're going to do the same for them to import it back to us, considering that most of the shit like that that gets made in the States is our steel that they're just smelting or manufacturing. Now, the table two, the 10%. This is when it gets interesting. And by interesting, I mean fucking hilarious. We are literally putting a 10% tariff on everything from yogurt to coffee to prepared meals of bovine. That's, that's the listing. This is great. To cucumbers and gherkins, strawberry jam, soy sauce, prepared mustard, whiskey, hair lacquers. I don't even know what a hair lacquer is. Uh, other polywood. Uh, plywood, veneered panels, and similar laminated worms. Wood, wood. Toilet paper, aluminum wire, bars, plates, and basically everything aluminum, including tin foil, aluminum foil nowadays. Uh, it's just, it goes on and on. Inflatable boats, uh, or my personal favorite, ballpoint pens. So just a ridiculous 
ridiculous amount of man- final manufactured goods from the United States are just going to get an on the top 10%. And this this is aggressive. And like I said, this is basically the government of Canada going, you know what? We're fucking done. You want to play ball? Fine. We'll play hardball. Um, now, this actually goes back to what my topic was originally going to be today until this all came out. So in a really short term is I did post it in our unfurled chat a couple of days ago, but Trudeau has also uh, with the government basically gone to buy the, the pipeline project that we've been talking about that is basically kept getting on the fence there. And they basically said, all right, four and a half billion, we're going to invest and buy in the damn thing. And then basically we're going to be parceling it off to investors if the thing gets built. So I was, just, I'm waiting for the folks around to just say that, you know, the people who are saying, oh, Trudeau's not doing enough to get the pipelines built. And now that he's done just the straight up, we are getting this fucking thing built. Now they're going to come around and say, oh, but it's with taxpayer dollars. But that was originally going to be my segment, just with more jowl. Um, but tariffs are just so much earlier. So basically, if you're a Canadian and you're looking at any of those things, maybe stock up now before there's just a flat 10% hike, unless, of course, the United States decides to back down. But I mean, again, this is everything from your hungry men to your, well, extracurricular gherkins. So, but assuming that I myself do not get tariffed, my name is Carr. Uh, again, as always, you can chat, etc., with our email, us at unfurled.net, or jump on the Unfurled Telegram channel. You can see all the information for that on our website. Of course, the guys are going to go through that at the end of the show again. But my name is Carr. Enjoy the rest of Unfurled. And a trade war. I guess you tell us, does Carr come with a 10% Joke's tariff? Joke's on you. Nobody enjoys the rest of Unfurled. <laughs> I... I'm going to definitely be stocking up on my extracurricular gherkins. Extracurricular <laughs> gherkins. Yeah, that's now just my uh, my uh, new my new pseudo name for dildos. <laughs> they are now just extracurricular <laughs> gherkins. Gross. <laughs> uh, so, welcome to the trade war, ladies and gentlemen. We have approximately zero emails. We do. Which means it's going to be a shorter episode of Unfurled. We yep. spent the first 45 minutes about it bitching about one TV show, so... I had fun. I did, too. It was good. But, uh, all right, I think we're going to wrap up for now. Tal, do the thing. We... You're wrong. No. We would like to thank Omari and Scream Fox for the music... And the logo. Thank you so much. We would, we would also like to sincerely thank all of our listeners. Yes, all of you. Thank you. If you're listening right now, be sure to hit the like and subscribe button because it helps our numbers. Don't forget about our Patreon. And our numbers help us grow as a podcast. They do. Okay, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> uh, if you have any comments, questions, criticisms, anything like that, be sure to visit our website, unfurled.net, where there is a contact form that you can go to, also links to our Telegram chat. Or if you don't like actually talking to people, there's just an announcements channel there as well. Also links to our Twitter, our Patreon page, and on the matter of Patreon, a very, very, very big thank you to all of our patrons. Yeah, um, we've hit our $50 an episode goal. Which is Awesome. Which is amazing wicked. and means we need to work now. Uh, and uh, did we already thank the guy for <clears throat> we in, did. 
increasing it another seven dollars i don't 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 think we thanked him for increasing it but uh yeah so uh, thank you very much again saras sirsa oh my god you don't even remember his name he's in the chat selling selling circle uh for (laughs) basically sponsoring this episode at this point uh so yeah yeah this episode brought to you by uh and circle yeah so we actually have to do the whole like i'm I'm working i have to figure out a whole new way to get that out well because we have to do the whole now sell and actually get he's reached the level where you now get the actual raw the episodes the the raw episode files okay so (laughs) on that topic let me know if i can help with the editing (laughs) because i can help with the editing uh but yeah also uh yeah i don't know what you're gonna do with raw recorded reaper files i expect masturbate i expect amazing remixes Uh, if you are not dropping some sick beats with our raw audio, I will be disappointed. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? Email, contact form. Oh, yeah. Well, I mentioned the contact Met- form. Uh, if you don't like contact forms, though, there is the email. You can just email directly to us at unfurled.net. Uh, and other than that, we hope you have a good night. Yeah, we do. And beware fuckzilla. It- I see. I don't care how it ends, as long as there's a kissy sound. That kissy sound ends the episode. Okay. Well, I'm an Adam spot, so let's. This is gonna be terrible. Look it up. You gotta get those lips wet. (laughs) Get it wet first. Oh, perfect.